Christchurch, New Malden, 26th of September, 2021, 9.30 service. Stephen Kurt speaking in the series, How the Bible Presents the Church, the Body of Christ. Photograph coming up of the girl of the moment. Let's have her up there. Little Faye Emma Bond, there she is. Okay, born on the 12th of December, have I got that right? 2020, but who in this church today was declared through her baptism to be God's precious daughter and a much-loved member of his church. It was fantastic to be here, wasn't it? Gathered here today to see Faye baptised and to welcome her into this church, just as Seb over there was welcomed back uh, a couple of years ago. And baptism, as I hinted earlier, is something completely linked to the theme that we're thinking about this morning. Because we're in the middle of a sermon series which has this title, How the Bible Presents the Church. And this morning we're thinking about the church as the body of Christ. And when someone is baptised, the Bible says that they're actually joined to Jesus. The Bible makes this amazing comment that says that those who are baptised, whether it's done as a baby or as an adult, they become in Christ. And that's why the word christening is sometimes used for a baptism, because the Bible says they're being joined to Jesus, they're becoming in Christ. And crucially, excuse me, it's how the presence of God in Jesus Christ is now on this earth. See, when Jesus was present during his earthly ministry, he did some amazing things, didn't he? Let's have a few examples of that on the screen. Stories that a lot of us are quite familiar with. But Christians believe that when Jesus did those amazing things, it was because he was the embodiment of God himself. But the scope of that presence of God was limited, wasn't it? Because however wonderful Jesus was, the presence of God at that point was embodied in just one human being. Everywhere Jesus went, in those towns and villages of Galilee and other places, people saw what the world looked like when God is in charge. But because Jesus was just one human being, he couldn't be everywhere at the same time. But that all changed with two events. That all changed, firstly, with the ascension of Jesus into heaven, and then with the day of Pentecost. I think we've got a picture of Pentecost as well. Is it working? Okay, we've got problems this morning. The Bible understands heaven as the control centre for earth. And so Jesus' ascension into heaven enabled Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit, to then come upon his followers. And that's why the New Testament describes the church as the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit is given to Jesus' followers so that we can be throughout the whole world what Jesus was in those villages in Galilee and the other places that he went. The Holy Spirit is given so that we can be the presence of God himself here on earth. Now that is quite a big responsibility, isn't it? There is an old joke that says that when churches discuss what they want in their next vicar and they have big discussions and they draw up a list, the result is always the same. The result is always that they basically want Jesus with computer skills. But the fact is that the church, not the vicar, the vicar's just part of it, hopefully, 
The church is called to be Jesus. The church is meant to love people as Jesus did. The church is meant to speak the truth fearlessly as Jesus did. The church is meant to include those people who no one else will love as Jesus did. The church is meant to heal and forgive and restore as Jesus did. And just as people encountered Jesus and as a result knew what the rule of God looked like, so people in this world are meant to encounter the church and see the reality of a God who loves the world, a God who loves them, and a God who wants them to be part of his family. But that is a pretty scary challenge, isn't it? How on earth, quite literally, are we to do it? It's through being given the gift of God's Holy Spirit. It's through being given the life of God himself living within us. Just before the baptism, just a few moments before, I anointed Faye, didn't I? I took a little bit of oil and I marked her with a sign of the cross and we prayed that she'd be daily be renewed by God's anointing spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit given to us through our baptism that equips Christians to be the body of Christ. Now, part of the way that the Holy Spirit does this is collective, something that happens to us all, and part of it is personal. Not exactly individual, because that excludes the corporate, but personal to us. The Holy Spirit both incorporates us into the one body of Christ, alongside other Christians and in complete equality with them, but it also makes each one of us a unique member of that body. Now, the oneness of the church is really crucial. That's why the word Catholic is still important for those Christians who aren't part of the Roman Catholic Church. All Christians, without exception, and whether we recognise it or not, are part of the one worldwide or Catholic Church. And that is the church that Faye has joined this Sunday. She hasn't joined the Church of England. She hasn't joined Christ Church New Morton. She's joined God's one universal church, around the world and down the ages. And Paul says this in his letter to one particular church, the church at Ephesus. He says these words, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. That's a lot of ones, isn't it? And in that passage that we heard earlier from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he says this, for we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. You see, by ourselves, it's pretty impossible for us to be the body of Christ on earth. And if we try it by ourselves, we usually, with the odd exception, won't get very far. But it is a completely different matter when we work together. Or even when we just are together. Because that point about Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, being part of one body is really important. You see, the first century, and it may be difficult for us to sort of imagine this because it's such a long time ago, but the first century, when all this Christian stuff first started, was a deeply segregated time. Greeks kept their distance from barbarians, that was the name that they gave to everyone else. Jews kept their distance from Gentiles, that was the name that they gave to everyone else. And anyone who was free kept their distance, to put it mildly, from slaves. 
and into the middle of this deeply segregated world came this odd little group of people called Christians who believed that because of this person called Jesus, they had become one single family. One single family open to everyone without restriction. And the reason they believe that is because there's one God, there's therefore one people of God, there's therefore one baptism into that people. God's love in Jesus Christ, they believed, is for everyone. And it's a deeply attractive vision, especially for people who weren't used to being included, especially for those who were poor or on the margins, who were slaves or who were women. Anyone who was used to not being included with full position suddenly was able to be. And it explains why the church grew at such an amazing rate in those early centuries. And our hope, not just for little Faye, but for every baptised member of this church, and it also goes for those who aren't baptised as well, is that you feel that total security. My older brother and sister-in-law recently, or not long ago, adopted a little girl. Other people in this church have done something similar, taken this amazing step of deciding to adopt a child and surround that child with utter love and inclusion. And of course, what's absolutely clear when people do that is they want the love that they feel for that child to be completely transforming. And that's what love does, doesn't it? When we're totally and utterly loved, love is transforming. And the Bible says that those of us who are Christians, we become adopted sons and daughters of God. That's what happens in a baptism. Faye is fairly obviously her mum and dad's child, but she also becomes adopted into God's family with all of the amazing security that that is intended to bring. And God wants that for every single one of us. But we don't just find welcome and an acceptance from God through becoming part of the body of Christ. We also find purpose as well. Now, every single one of us, we need purpose, don't we? We need purpose in our lives for those lives to be healthy and flourishing. That's why redundancy, very sadly, often hits people so hard, particularly when it's unexpected. Retirement can be a real challenge as well. All those much earlier years when we're younger and we're not totally sure what we want to do with our life. But when we're baptised into the body of Christ, as Faye has been this morning, we receive a commission from God, a commission to work for him in the world. A commission to be a channel of his blessings to the world and to other people in his name. And that involves the Holy Spirit through our baptism giving us unique gifts as part of the body of Christ. Now Faye is fairly obviously still very young. She's only about nine months old. But that's old enough for Lucy and Dan when I asked them to have picked up certain distinctive things about her character. And uh, I asked them about this by email during the week, and this is how they described Faye. Just hold her up, Lucy, so they can see the visual aid. Okay. Smiley, they said. Yep, I think we've seen that this morning, haven't we? Calm-natured, mostly. I think we've only seen the calm-natured. We haven't seen the exceptions to that. Strong-willed, which well, is poking one of her godfathers at the moment. Curious, loves her big brother, Steb, and the cat, Baloo. Now, through all of those things, and I'm sure many others, Faye is already a blessing to her family. But the Bible says that God, through his Holy Spirit, gives every single member of the body of Christ special gifts, a special role 
in the body of Christ that they can therefore bless the world through. Now, sometimes these gifts that we're given can be what we might call natural gifts, which we then use in God's service. So things like being good at music, being good at administration, or teaching, they might come into that category. Gifts that we might think, well, they're sort of natural gifts we've been given, but then they become spiritual gifts as we use them in God's service. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will give people gifts that they never realised that they had. A situation will arise where they have to do something and they'll realise as a result of that that God has given them, through the Holy Spirit, an amazing gift to be part of the body of Christ. So I remember being at a church some 30-odd years ago and there was a woman in that church who thought that she had no gifts at all. There was a sermon on gifts, a bit like this one, and she went away from church rather glumly, thinking God had given her no gifts whatsoever. And she was very shy and quiet, and she suffered from very low self-esteem. But then the vicar at the time, who happened to be my dad, got her to go and visit someone who'd recently been bereaved, someone who'd recently lost their husband, And as a result of going and doing that, what this woman discovered was that she had a gift for listening. She had an amazing gift, actually, for listening, which is a lot harder than we can imagine. Concentrating on every single word that the person she was talking to was saying, really engaging with what those words meant and their significance and which ones were particularly crucial, and then being able to reflect it back to that person in a way that made a massive difference to her life and others. And that was a gift of the Holy Spirit, given to make that woman a valuable and indispensable member of the body of Christ. She already was, but this was a gift that was given to help her recognise that, amongst other things. And a crucial point being made by that passage that Graham read to us earlier is that all the different parts of the body of Christ are equally important If the whole body was an ear, Paul says, where would the sense of smell be? And it goes on to say in that passage, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say that to the feet, I don't need you. All the different parts of the body, the human body, have their unique role to play, Paul says. And it's the same with all the members of the body of Christ. So the question this morning for everyone in this church who wants to be a follower of Jesus How has the Holy Spirit equipped you to play your role in the body of Christ? How has the Holy Spirit gifted you? You may not be fully aware of this yet, in which case we'll try and explore it together. But how has the Holy Spirit equipped you to play a unique role in the body of Christ? In the New Testament, there are four lists of spiritual gifts, and they're all different, so they must be examples rather than being intended to be exhaustive. And here are some of the gifts that are listed in the New Testament. Wisdom, teaching, encouragement, serving, administration, preaching, giving to others, evangelism, discernment, healing, and knowledge. They are, as I say, examples. We could just as easily add these ones to them. Here are another whole list. Music, visiting, giving lifts, refreshments, operating the technical desk, working with children and young people, welcoming, DIY, and gardening. They are all gifts that God gives to enable the church to be what it needs to be, and there are loads of others as well. In the First World War, that dreadful event over 100 years ago now, there was a famous poster which appeared, and it was a picture of Lord Kitchener, the Minister for War. 
pointing that finger out and making a personal appeal to people saying that their country needed them. Kitchener wants you. It was a personal summons to be part of that terrible war. But through baptism, the Holy Spirit does something very similar. Through our baptism, the Holy Spirit calls us personally and also equips us for the task that we're called to. And as we relaunch Christchurch in this sort of post-COVID or still in COVID time, we very definitely need you. Imagine I'm Lord Kitchener without the moustache pointing out at you. We need every single one of you. Every single one of you who's a regular member of this church uh, or who feels they belong to this church, you have been given unique gifts without which this church cannot function fully in the way God wants it to. So we need those of you with gifts for music coming forward to provide this in our services. Now, Faze Mum Loose is a good example of this because some time ago, normally we have to hunt out musicians and discover them and out them. But uh, Lucy actually came forward and uh, said she played the flute and uh, that's why she plays regularly in the band. We need people with a good ear and bags of common sense, well, enough common sense, to be on the sound desk. David Lofman is sitting there at the moment. He's got a good ear and he's got common sense, but we need others who've got those two things as well to be on the sound desk as well, and it's really crucial. We need people who love children and who are prepared to help those children recognise how much God loves them. And we want blokes as well as women in our youngest children's groups because we want those young boys as well as the young girls to know that God's not just for children and women, but for blokes as well. So we need people of all genders to work in our children's groups. We need people to be welcomers. Didn't the Edwards family do a great job stepping in this morning? Uh, and Anna and Bella and Sam, we're very grateful you did that welcoming this morning. We need people being willing to serve refreshments, people like Angela. Uh, but we need people who will come forward and be part of refreshments. We've got David Taylor, our caretaker, this morning. He's doing a children's group. Then he's rushing out to serve refreshments um, afterwards. But we need other people to sign up for that. And the point of that passage is none of these jobs, none of these gifts are inferior to others. The church utterly relies on those people, very often who are unseen. Very often a church is running because lots of people are doing stuff in lots of ways which is largely unseen by others. It's how the body of Christ works together. And the vision of this church is to be what God wants us to be. God wants this church, alongside all the other churches throughout the world, to be part of the worldwide church, bringing his healing, loving presence to this earth. It's a tremendous privilege. The way people encounter God's presence is through God's people. It's an awesome responsibility. It's an awesome privilege. And this morning, we had our latest member join. Let's have the picture of Faye up there as well, if the computer allows it. It does. There is Faye Emma Bond. And this morning, God declared that she is part of the body of Christ, and God promises to equip her by his Holy Spirit. Now, we heard about being smiley and curious and all those things earlier. But actually, there will be some gifts that God has given to Faye that will emerge as she grows older. And our prayer is that she'll want to use those gifts as part of the body of Christ. But he does the same with every single one of us. And one of the best routes out of troubles in our life, not the only route, but when life is tough, 
there is a great temptation to look in and to protect ourselves. Actually, the very, very often, the best route out of troubles is when we look outwards, when we see what we can do and what God has given us, what he's called us to be responsible for. And the body of Christ won't be functioning as it should if we don't play our full part within it. So let's give some serious thought to it, not just those of us who are adults, we've got children here this morning as well, and be thinking, what has God given to me that means that I can play a unique role in his body? What have I got an insight into? What are the things that I understand particularly well? What are the things that come easier to me than they do perhaps to other people? Every single Christian, without exception, is given gifts by God to serve him. And if you're not sure what they might be, then one of the things I'd enjoy most is to meet up with you, to talk through uh, your take on yourself, to talk through my take on you, and then to try and work out together where God is calling you to use your gifts to be part of the body of Christ. Let's turn to prayer for a few moments. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you once again for Faye's baptism this morning and your welcome of her into the body of Christ. We pray for Dan and for Lucy as they parent Seb and Faye. We thank you for their membership of this church and we ask that you bless the whole family and use them in your service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we thank you for the calling that you give to all those who are baptised into your church to be your presence in the world and for the gifts you give by your Holy Spirit for us to respond to this calling. Father God, help us to be a church that values every gift you've given to your people, that values every member of the body of Christ and uses them effectively to be your presence in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I said,